Sometimes Dory and I have a lot of back and forth conversation about what our episodes should be about. We check our Instagram messages, we think about what's happening in the world, who's making news, who's held our attention. The idea for this episode, though, about pork steaks, came while filming another recent one, with Dory and I riffing about how much we love one pork steak in particular. This week, I finally tried the pork steak at Beast. I know that you've had it before. I usually don't get pork steaks because they're so easy to make at home, but this one, I... I need to know how they did it because I would never go back to the old way of making pork steaks. It was so tender and so good. I, it's definitely something we're going to recommend to other friends. If we turn St. Louis and if you are what you eat, I'm okay with turning St. Louis into beast craft barbecue pork steaks because they're so good. So naturally, I had to ring up David Sandusky at beast craft barbecue. If you haven't been to either location in Belleville or the Grove, what have you been doing? It's so good. Hey, David, it's Abby. And David himself is a bit of a spitfire, both in life and in describing the addition of the pork steak to their menu. Everybody has their stories about pork steaks in their backyard with Mall's barbecue sauce yep, and pork Mall's. steak from, from, <laughs> from Chinooks. And, you know, it's the, the, the barbecue sauce is always doctored with the family recipe of... You know, one of Anheuser-Busch's beers, uh, <laughs> onions and brown sugar or something like that that you add to the sauce. And, uh, and you know, we there's so many of us that tell that similar story of, you know, like what we're used to growing up. And you'd have your, your dad or your uncle burn the shit out of the pork steak. <laughs> and, it's, and it's thin cut, so it's leathery as f***. You know, and, and so it's like, it's just a tradition to have like backyard barbecue in that sense and so what i wanted to do was take that concept and elevate it because um i i want to i want to be the guy who doesn't forget where i came from and doesn't forget like who we are and where we are st louis foods aren't snobby we fry our raviolis and call them toasted we made up our own type of cheese because it was cheaper the most sophisticated word we could come up with for our signature dessert is gooey so St. Louis barbecue shouldn't be snobby either, says Dave. Now you do pay 19 bucks for a full pork steak because it's, as they say, elevated. It takes a lot of work to make it taste as good as it does. But Dave keeps it on the menu because he says he wouldn't be true to himself or true to the city if he rolled through here and acted like he's too good for any version of the food that's fed the city for generations. Not every barbecue bro in the St. Louis food scene feels this way, of course, bringing in a lot of influences from outside the area, Kansas City, Texas, Memphis, Carolinas. But Dave's philosophy, if you cook what you know, what your audience knows, and do it well, it's delicious. There are some who walk in and they're like, why the f*** would I spend $19 on a pork <laughs> steak without sides? And I have to look at them and say, because it's f***ing incredible. <laughs> and until you sit down and actually eat it, I'm not hearing that. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, there, there is kind of this misconception that the pork steak is going to come out like what, what they, what they cut into with their, Farber wear steak knives in their backyards <laughs> because that's that's what we did and uh so you know i wanted to take it to a different level where it was super moist it, it was packed full of flavor there was a lot of impact just in the first bite you take a bite of it and you're like holy fuck, 
I got to take another bite of this mm-hmm. thing because it just it just blows you back with with flavor. That's what I wanted to accomplish. I feel like what St. Louis should represent are these cuts, number one, but also um, that exploration of grilling and basting because that's what we did. We grilled and basted. And so Malls is the classic St. Louis style sauce. It's a little bit thinner. You know, it has some sweet notes. It has some like high vinegar notes and things like that. So we wanted to, I wanted to emulate that to a degree while putting my stamp on it. And what I came up with was a pork steak where uh, it's not doused in sauce. It's not dropped in sauce before it comes out. Um, or it's not it's not just covered in goopy Kansas City ketchup barbecue sauce. It's it's actually grilled and basted and what happens is the sauce becomes a part of it. It doesn't come out sauced. It actually dehydrates into the steak and becomes part of it. So the sugars start to caramelize and you'll get this charred fat with these caramelized sugars on the edges and it takes that sauce flavor profile to a completely different stratosphere it's honestly not that great of a table sauce but when you like use it in this format it's fucking perfect and incredible for what we're trying to achieve with the pork steak so it it's it's paying that homage to like where we come from with the cut with the style of sauce with the grilling and basting but it's my own like it yeah. is, it is what defines us, and uh, and it's f-ing beautiful. Indeed, it is. So today on Abby Eats St. Louis, let's keep this pork talk rolling. We'll stop by one of our favorite local butchers to find out the actual definition of a pork steak, and also what it's come to mean. Whether or not the St. Louis food staple will become a thing at cookouts around the country and their pro tips for your next grill sesh. Then, of course, food news and weekend planner. St. Louis summer, you gotta love her. She might be an unpredictable, sweaty little thing, but she's got so much to offer. The late sunsets leave so much room for that classic summertime supper, cold beer, crunchy chips, some kind of veggie so you can call it a well-rounded meal, and a pork steak fresh off the grill. If you did it right, you know the secret to what winds up on the plate begins long before it gets there. You gotta get the good stuff. So, since you did do it right, you got yourself a nice cut of meat. You waltzed up to the deli counter and ordered yourself the butcher's cut of the only part of the pig qualified to be called the steak. And in St. Louis, one of the finest counters to waltz up to is at Kenrick's Meat and Catering near Afton. We like to call it the Disneyland of meats. <laughs> you think that'll catch on? Like I, people come in St. Louis and be like, I gotta go to Disneyland of meats right. at some point. We, we like to think of ourselves as possibly being Ted Drew's, the Ted Drew's of the meat market someday. Okay, so. well, I would rather that happen <laughs> than Ted Drew's try to get into the meat market. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I, I would agree with you on that. <laughs> Because it's really more like a specialty grocer with dozens of varieties of sausage and bratwurst, a whole spread of fresh sides and salads, made-in-house potato chips and specialty cheeses, a variety of seafood. It's a good place to shop if starting with good ingredients matters to you. I headed to the basement there to chat with the pros. I'm Mike Bassey, uh, operations manager of Kenrick's Meats and Catering. Awesome. And I'm Steve Wyman with Kenrick's Meats and Catering. And your title? Um, Jack of all trades. There you go. I like that. They're also besties. When you have people coming in here, how frequently are they requesting pork steaks? 
Well, I'll tell you, we we so we service about a hundred restaurants also. So we sell pork steaks to restaurants. We sell pork steaks to fundraisers for Boy Scout groups and stuff like that. And then retail as well. And then we also do them for catering. So um, we're in the mark of selling about 100 to 125,000 pounds of pork steaks a year. So it's something that our butchers are doing every day. I mean, uh, we, we cut pork steaks year round and we sell a ton of them. When you guys are talking to people in this business or not in this business, but from out the outside the St. Louis area, how do you describe what a pork steak is? Well, it's a center cut to a pork butt. So you're getting the bone section of a pork butt in a steak format and it gives you that bone in flavor that makes makes that pork really delicious. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the um, technical way of describing it, but I like to say it kind of tastes like ribs, but a steak made out of ribs. You know what? That's the only pork piece that's called steak. Right. And tell me a little bit more about that. Like why, why from a non, from a person who just eats meat and doesn't really have to think much more about it besides that, why is it the only piece of pork called a steak? You know, I really, I don't know if someone just came up with it and said, hey, we're going to slice this pork butt in, into a steak form instead of a roast. Or I don't really know where they came up with that steak form, but I guess the way they slice it and as, as long as it is and the shape it is, I guess that's what where it formed its steak part of its name. Yeah. I believe that Schnooks took credit for the first pork steak, which I, I would have to fact check that in the long run. There was a company called Cry Meats. And I believe Cry Meats was somewhere on the innovative side of that also to uh, to start the whole trend off. So again, it's St. Louis, it's regional, it's totally our area only, obviously. But again, I don't know if that, uh, that Schnooks thing is totally true or not. I've seen it too, the story Schnooks tells, and it hasn't really been disputed anywhere I can find, so we'll go with it. Don and Ed Schnook came up with it in the 50s. They're part of the second generation of the grocery store dynasty, though that's sort of a bougie word to use here, I guess, dynasty, when the whole point of their idea was to offer a cut of meat that you could grill up like a steak, but less expensive than beef. So you could more affordably serve it up to your whole family. It's a St. Louis thing that we talked about, but I do ship those all over the United States to those people that, that are St. Louis bred but have been transplanted elsewhere that I'll ship to California, New York, Florida, uh, Arizona, everywhere in the United States that, that they have moved out of here or they want their kids to have it or, or they miss it because they don't sell them everywhere. So, so it's kind of a unique thing that's kind of cool that we do also. Do you think this is something that might eventually be a little bit more commonplace? I don't know. Like when, when we go to Florida and we go down to the butcher shops and we ask them for a pork steak, I mean, they kind of look at you like, what are you talking about, you know? So I've been, like, if I'm driving, uh, I usually bring my pork steaks with me. Um, but I have been to a, a butcher shop down in Florida and, and actually said, hey, can you take the pork butt and slice it like this for me? And they've been able to do it. But uh, who knows? I mean, it could eventually travel. I mean, I guess, I, I don't know, like toasted raviolis or provel cheese, you know? Yeah, which like still confuse people, but they've also been around for so long that in some ways it's like, well, if it hasn't made its way around the country yet, maybe it never will. But now people are starting to know about like gooey butter cake and things like that. So who knows? I they, mean, St. Louis is getting cool again. They a version of a pork steak in Florida called the blade steak, but they cut it on a different angle. So it's really totally different. Like Mike said, when we travel, we take coolers full where I'll take extra pork steaks and I'll be sharing them with the guys around the grill. And then those are some of the people that I'll end up shipping more meat to. So it's kind of a unique thing to have this St. Louis item that people bring and they get to try and they're like, oh, I've tried this in this format, but it's never like this or pulled pork, which everybody's familiar with. But it is totally a unique 
steak. Do you guys think it's fair to reduce it to kind of a poor man's steak? Uh, I mean, I don't know about that. It, if you cook a pork steak right, it's really got a lot of flavor, can be super tender. If you don't really know what you're doing, it can be tough and, you know, I, and then I would say people wouldn't be too happy. I think you are kind of right. If you have a group of people, you can feed multiple people for a reasonable amount of money. So, I mean, I guess you could say that. Maybe like a budget man's yeah. steak. Yeah. I, I think, like you said, I feel the same way. But really, like, it's one of those things, like, when you're looking for a pork steak, it doesn't matter. If you're eating a steak, you're eating a steak. But when it comes to pork steak, that's that's a unique process of preparing and getting ready for it. And to do that correctly is really cool. And, and so flavorful and delicious and there's so many varieties of ways you can do it too which is really cool remember david talking about how we're in some ways used to eating burned overcooked tough pork steak conditioned by well-intentioned dads over the course of many cookouts i asked these guys their tips for salvaging that start they say with about a three-quarter inch cut 12 to 16 ounces and that should satisfy everyone's needs then fire up the grill. People cook it like a steak. So instead of grilling it directly for five minutes on each side, like a, like a beef steak, that's not the right way to do it. It's it's slow and low. It's a process. You want to enjoy it. You want to be out on your 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 by your grill having a cocktail and and enjoying that time because it's not something that takes ten minutes. If you if you're cooking your pork steak in ten minutes, you're not going to enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, you. I think the probably the best way you could do it if you're going to grill them on the grill the whole time is. Like he said, use a low heat or maybe if you have a charcoal grill to cook them indirectly. So kind of like smoking them for, you know, d depending on the thickness of them, but 45 minutes to an hour and then kind of just lather them with just a light cover of sauce so it can, they'll kind of be sticky whenever you eat them. And it, the slow and low, they'll be just melting your mouth butter and tender. Close your mouth. You're drooling. Producer Dory joining me once again via Zoom. When you are prepping a barbecue, are you a sauce gal, you know, Kansas City style, smother it up? Are you more into like the dry rubs or do you like dip into your sauce? Like how do you like to serve this? Because sauce and seasonings can be kind of controversial in the barbecue world. People get very picky. Yes. So for the most part, dry rub, just a dry rub, no sauce, maybe a little bit of dipping. But pork steaks are different. They have to have that sauce on them. So for those, we'll do a little bit of a dry rub, sauce it up. And I do like to kind of get a little bit of burnt edges on there. Like it's just, that's how you do it. That's what a backyard pork steak is, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Actually, 100% on all of that. I prefer dry rub and I like a sauce to dip in sometimes. I don't think it should have to require sauce though. That's why it's always funny having these conversations with our Kansas City neighbors, by the way, because <laughs> yes. it's just so, so different. And I really enjoyed just kind of even thinking more about St. Louis barbecue because I'm sure there is somebody let us know if you've read the good one, but a, a comprehensive book. If there's not a book about St. Louis barbecue, Dory, maybe that's our project because, um, mm. you know, just even talking um, at the top of the episode about what makes St. Louis barbecue, St. Louis barbecue. You know what? If it's got to be a little crispy and burnt on the edges in some times, then that's St. Louis, baby. I think that's perfectly sums up our style. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Hey, in food news, we've got some other folks being a little bit more exposed to the St. Louis food scene. Dory, we are hitting the big time on our food roundup here with Netflix. Yeah. So speaking of crispy, um, we are featured in a brand new show called 
Fresh, Fried, and Crispies on Netflix. And three of our favorite St. Louis spots made it on this show. So essentially, it's a host. Um, his name is Dame Drops. He goes around to a bunch of different cities, tries what makes their food seem what it is. So he came to St. Louis. He went to Zia's on the Hill, Sweetheart and Shaw, and Grace Meat and Three in the Grove. Um, I won't give any spoilers because this is coming out Wednesday. So I don't want to give any spoilers about what he tasted. But I will say that St. Louis food, food just blew his mind. So just know that going in. And he also said that the Lou treated him well. So that show, Fresh, Fried, and Crispy, coming out on Wednesday. We put this up on our website and it was one of our top stories. So so happy to see these St. Louis establishments getting a lot of cred in as we kind of come out of the pandemic. I think, what do you think about the selection of those three restaurants for him to go to? I think that's a good variety. I mean, you have to go to the Hill. Um, and when he went to Grace Meat and Three, he got some of the um, barbecue, a little bit of the barbecue side of St. Louis. So spoil that. Um, and Sweet R, I think, was a great addition, too, just to kind of mix it up because you don't hear a lot about them. They're kind of in the news here and there. Um, so I really liked that he went a little bit off course as far as you know, he didn't just go to Tudor's or any other kind of typical place like that. Right. I agree with you on that, though. That being said, I kind of wish he could go to more so that he could go to, you know, the Ted Drew's. <laughs> and I think it'd be great, great to show him some of the um, different places like on South Grand. I don't know. I feel like the food tour, it's great to see people getting introduced to it. And there's always yeah. going to be a bigger list. And one of my favorite things about being able to talk about food in St. Louis is that we're in a town that doesn't agree on a whole lot of things and we're not always proud of the same things, but my goodness, are we proud of our food scene? And I love that. And there's a lot to be proud of a lot of different varieties. Exactly. Hey, speaking of variety, Dory, um, and one of the new variety hubs, if you will, a place that's going to just have all sorts of everything for everyone, a little bit more news coming out of the city foundry. Yeah. So we heard about a new food concept coming there. They announced Chicken Scratch is going to be opening in the fall. It's coming from Chef Nate Hereford. He's the executive chef at uh, Gerard Craft's Niche Restaurant. Um, he is a classic St. Louis story. He's from here. He worked here. He went out to California. He got kind of recruited to do some projects out there, and he boomeranged right on back to his hometown. So he said that he's excited to be serving up rotisserie chicken with seasonal sides inside City Foundry. Um, and with this news coming out this week, I, I did a little bit more digging into City Foundry because we have not yet heard when they're going to be opening. They have not announced that grand opening date yet. They've been doing pop-up markets, some concerts in there, uh, social distance sort of things, but no official opening for all of those food stands and um, other attractions that they're going to have in there. But they did say that Chicken Scratch is going to be part of the second wave of openings that are expected this fall. So between now and fall, we could be enjoying a meal inside City Foundry. Mm, I'm getting excited for it. I know like Colby's Tacos has closed their location on Cherokee Street in preparation for moving in there. Um, it's 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 on the up and up. It's getting there. It's going to it's going to get there. Um, and speaking of that kind of general area, the same folks who are doing the who are developing City Foundry, which, by the way, if you're wanting to learn more about City Foundry, we've done an episode on that a few months back. 
checking in on the progress. The same folks who developed that also did the On God Arts Hotel, where friend of the podcast, Chef Burke, Chef Matthew Burkemeyer, is on the move. He's just been named the new executive chef for food operations there, so we wanted to give him a quick shout out. Um, he is going to be overseeing food for the hotel, for the art bar on the rooftop, and he's going to be, this is the part I'm excited about, he's bringing a new restaurant concept to the former Grand Tavern space. Um he was featured in his previous position over at Hotel St. Louis talking about the fantastic rendition of the famous bar French onion soup that he had on the menu there from St. Louis, a St. Louis guy. He's going to make sure that there's a lot of St. Louis influences in this as well. Grand Tavern was very, very pricey, um, I thought, for what it was quite often. And there were a couple really fantastic dishes on there. I remember getting like a squid linguine that was really, really good. Not everything else was my favorite. So I'm excited to because I went a couple times just because I really love the Arts Hotel. And so I'm excited to see what he does in that space. It'll be cool. Uh, yeah, I've heard that the food there is good. It's a great atmosphere, one, that um, the hotel and everything. So I think he'll come in and kind of freshen things up and put his own little spot on it. And it's a delicious food that he does. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, um, now we're talking about um, vaccines. We're always talking about vaccines. We <laughs> are always talking. I mean, luckily, though, hey, I'd rather be talking about vaccines than the other, you know, the, the alternative, the not alternative. being vaccines. <laughs> right. Um, and I, do, George, do you ever sometimes think like, man, maybe I got my shot too early because now everybody's putting all these uh, prizes out there for you? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> things early on for sure well if you're an illinois resident now is a great time to have your shot because you can get a free beer or a shot for getting your shot so last week governor christopher signed a bill that allows retailers and bars to offer a free beer to those who've been vaccinated you do have to show proof that you've been vaccinated you can't just go rolling into every bar and ask for a free beer um but also another little highlight with that bill is that it also legalized to-go cocktails and drinks. So Illinois, now on board with those uh, alcoholic beverages to go. I like that. that. Again, that's one of those things that we just keep saying, like, if good things had to come of this, uh, that's one of those little little good things. Um, hey, good things. It is Pride Month um, here across, well, across the planet, but in the St. Louis area, of course. Um, it's looking a little bit different. We've told you that Pride, the official big celebration, uh, still on pause this year just because it is such a big logistical endeavor. And, you know, we, we've we had so much uncertainty leading up to June. So they are getting really, really excited for 2022. But there are still small ways to celebrate around the St. Louis area if you wanted to uh, head out. Of course, Pride, the best way you can celebrate is by being a good person, donating to a local charity, um, and continuing to support LGBTQ plus uh community here in the St. Louis area, but it's some of the local restaurants that are doing that. Clementine's is offering a rainbow cone. It's super cute. Like it's makes, so pretty makes me want to like get my nails done and take a picture with it. And you know, <laughs> I'm not that great at doing the whole take a food picture thing, but I think it is so cute. Um, 
A dollar for, even better than being cute though, a dollar for every cone sold will be donated to Vivant Health. That is a local organization that provides care to people with living, living with HIV and also works to stop the spread of HIV. So they're very active, of course, in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, Mission Taco Joint is also doing a collaboration with them for this month. And they're getting some local drag queens in on this. Um, I love the media campaign that surrounded the Mango Queen Pride Taco. It's, I mean, of course, another creation from the Tilfords. um, And it's going to be raising money for Vivent as well. But the thing I'm most excited about, they have a pride cocktail called Roxy's Reveal. It's a paying Ooh. homage to an iconic moment in RuPaul's Drag Race. And it is a described as a bright, boozy daiquiri riff that has edible glitter in it. So, oh, like, nice. yes, everything coming out of Pride St. Louis is quite Instagrammable. So it's about more than just that, folks. It's about more than just the pictures and the rainbows and the glitter. But my goodness, if it can be about edible glitter, then that's a fantastic addition, too. <laughs> exactly. And helping a great cause in the meantime, too. Absolutely. I think I want to sprinkle edible glitter on everything I eat this upcoming week. Uh, I think that just sounds fun. I think that's a great, Yeah. Yes, I, I fully support that. Why not? But Tori, what's the best <laughs> thing you had to eat this week? Well, speaking of the Clementine's uh, cone, so after the best thing I ate this week, we went over to Clementine's and one of my friends got the rainbow cone. So it was very pretty even in person, not just on Instagram. Yes. Um, so <laughs> the best thing we did eat, though, before the ice cream, we I finally made it over to Louis on demand. I've never been. I've been wanting to go for so long. Finally made it over there. Went with um, Jason and a couple of our friends for a little Saturday night out on their patio, and it did not disappoint. Everything I tasted was just so good, so fresh and amazing. And we had a whole spread. I took a. I tried to take a picture of our table spread. There was just food and you know cups and wine glasses everywhere. It was amazing. Um, we started with the prosciutto and Parmesan. The prosciutto was very tender. Prosciutto done wrong can be really bad. It can be Stuck tough. Your teeth. Yeah. Yes. This was done absolutely right. So it was delicious. We also got a pizza to share, which was like a perfect appetizer. At first I was thinking like, oh my gosh, this is going to be too much food, but we gobbled that pizza right up. We got the broccolini and ricotta pizza and had like a really great kind of spicy chili sauce on it. That was really good. It was delicious. Um, for my main entree though, I got the Cavatelli pasta special. Um, it had a lemon butter sauce with broccolini and sausage. It was so bright. Um, you'd think that eating pasta out on a patio on a St. Louis spring kind of buggy spring night might be the wrong idea, but it was, it was really bright and light and uh, really easy to, to eat on a cup of warm St. Louis night, but it was delicious. I didn't finish mine because I also had to taste what Jason was having. He had this fish special. I can't even remember what fish it was, but it was great. Had a really good couscous with it. Um, But also just like the scenery there in that spot. It's a great row of restaurants and, and things you can kind of go in up and down the street and taste. Um, there was a beautiful sunset that night. And then also to top it all off, the table across from us, there were a few blues players sitting there. So I got to stare at Alexander Steen my entire dinner. It was great seeing him. And Oscar Sunfist was there too. It was awesome. 
Okay, so I'm going to be completely honest with you, Dory. I was there on Saturday, um, and I we wound up going by. We didn't wind up sitting down because it was late night, and we wound up getting some drinks at Barrio because we just wanted drinks and <laughs> snacks, and they were a little bit busy. But I was I'm looking at this table, and I'm like. I'm so, I'm so face blind. And as a TV news reporter, I should really be less face blind because I'm looking at, I'm like, oh my God, that is Steen. I, that's the, that is Alexander Steen. Is it not? Um, the teeth threw me off. Can I be honest? It's teeth. And so I'm just like, man, that guy looks a lot like Alexander Steen. If Alexander Steen had good teeth and oh my gosh, he has good teeth now. <laughs> Well, he's been off for a year. He can get the teeth. Yeah, now. <laughs> he can do that. That is so funny because I'm looking at all of them. And yes, at Sunquist, I was just like, man, okay, hold on. Hold on. I know him. I know his face. I know his hair. And I'm just like, but out of context, I'm just not great at faces. And I'm like, <laughs> but the teeth are the thing that was just kind of like, he smiled at something. I'm like, eh, it's not him. Yeah, it's not him. Are no. you kidding me? That's so funny. That is That's so, so funny, funny, right? Um, yeah. They, and just seeing them like enjoying a glass of wine with, you know, with their friends and just being, you know, normal and not with all their hockey gear on with a stick in their hand and maybe yelling at another player. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little out of context, I guess. I can see that. That is so funny. And there was like a empty table nearby them. So I must've just missed you. That is so funny. That That's is so crazy. Funny. Oh my gosh. Well, yes. Um, anyway. Uh, wow. St. Louis. That's a St. Louis summer night for you right there, Dor. <laughs> the only thing you were missing was Drake there for his third time. Exactly. Their famous claim to fame for Louie there. Um, so I on Saturday, my favorite thing I had to eat this week was on Saturday morning, um, decided to get a pedicure. That's not what I that has nothing to do with what I had to eat. But I was just walking around the Central West End, went and um, was feeling good and feeling a little vacationy. So decided to just wander in to Yellow Belly and get their brunch there. Um, was not anticipating doing anything spendy like that on that Saturday morning, but it was what it was. It, it, it matched the vibe. It was like, why not? I'm already walking out. And got the lobster enchiladas for Ooh. breakfast. And they were so, 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 so good. They kind of tasted like a tamale, like they the, the consistency, because sometimes enchiladas are not my favorite favorite but then the lobster was really good it wasn't overly seafoody at all um especially for having with coffee so good it had like this nice also salsa over the top of it and it was a good portion i mean it was over 20 dollars, so it's not you know it's it's a little bit pricey for um breakfast and, and not being a huge portion but got that as well as the uh pork belly breakfast sandwich and mm. that was pretty good and that's on the less expensive side if you're going to brunch with some friends and you're worried about going to yellow belly and spending too much that one is um only about 11 bucks and it's pretty hearty and it's like super delicious potatoes on the side and just poured a cup of black coffee and was walking around looking, facing out the window, seeing the neighborhood go by, seeing it be a nice, sunny, almost summer day again. It felt good. It matched the vibe. It matched the, past the vibe check, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a new one for me. I feel old. <laughs> I mean, I, having a 16-year-old sister helps quite often. <laughs> so um, we are talking about the weekend of June 11th, 12th, and 13th. We'll spare you the part where we freak out and can't believe it's already mid-June and just tell you about some things you can do this weekend. All right. So Food Truck Friday is coming back to Tower Grove Park this Friday. There are going to be about 20 trucks there lining up in the park. So um, you can go and 
pick out whatever kind of food you want. There'll be a good variety there, um, plus some live music. So you can enjoy that from 4 to 8 p.m. I did want to mention this parking note because getting in and out of the park can be a little bit difficult. Um, you're going to want to enter through Magnolia or on Arsenal. The Kings Highway and Southwest Drive entrances will be closed. So Magnolia or Arsenal to get into Tower Park for Food Truck Friday this week. I feel like it's good for you to know about as well, just that there are going to be a lot of people driving around in that general area. <laughs> around the, the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so this Saturday, there is an event. It's a ticketed event and tickets are about 30 bucks, but it appears that they are still available. Um, happening at the Highlands Golf Club, uh, Forest Park. And it is it caught our attention because you and I are always feel I feel like we're searching for that seltzer that we like. Always willing to try. Yes. Always, always willing, willing to, to try, try because I'm jealous of the people who just hang out by the pool and are just sipping seltzers. And I'm like, I need, I like how light they are, but I, it's about it. Like I haven't found one that I love, but whether you're like us and looking for something you love, or you're on the opposite end of the spectrum and you just know you love seltzer, they're turning Highlands into seltzer land. So they're calling it a one of a kind immersive experience where you could spend the afternoon tasting more than 30 different hard seltzers, which my goodness, that event, that, that drink space has grown quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they say you can also get some other snacks, a ton of seltzer swag. So if you've got a lake trip planned and you have no idea what you're going to wear and you want to be fully geared up in all of your sponsored merchandise, you can head on over there. Um, and they also say that you are going to have the opportunity for an epic photo shoot. So there you go. I mean, Seltzer, Seltzer Land can take over the Instagram even more than it already does on a normal Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Do you think you could find one you like out of 30 different varieties? I would really hope so. And I feel like if I got through that and I still didn't like anything, I'd be like, well, at least I can say I tried because that's you the tried. thing. I will say that's a thing that people say all the time is like, oh, well, you have to try this one. Well, you have to try this one. Or you just got to try. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll try it. And then I'm like, man, no. But I literally was, I'm texting with a friend right now who's very recently saying, oh, you got to try this other one from Kona. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not going to, I don't spend money every time trying that many different ones. So I just need my friends to start trying more unique seltzers and letting me have a sip. <laughs> That's what I have going on in my house. Jason likes them. He'll get the variety packs and I'll take a sip every time. And I'm like, meh, no, thanks. Can't just do it. Because we're just too cool to be seltzer girl story. Yes. Give me a can cocktail. Yeah. Okay. Give me a can. <laughs> I, I, oh, um, had the cherry limeade this weekend from yes. Beforehands. Oh, my gosh. It tastes like a melted popsicle. It's so good. Exactly. It is so good. Yes. I've got one in the fridge that I keep eyeing. I'm like, I'll save that for a nice summer night. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Or maybe even, you know, just uh, while you're coming back from a Sunday afternoon shopping. Um, we also got the summer makers market happening at second shift brewing. It's the first market they're having of this year with about a dozen vendors noon to four. I love all that. The shopping events are like more of a thing, but my goodness, I'm spending a lot of money at these types of events. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have more shopping to do though, too, because father's day is coming up. It is. Father's Day is coming up. Hopefully my dad doesn't listen to this and thinks that I already know what I'm doing for him. So, um, <laughs> but hey, we are actually, we're going to be off next week. Um, we are taking a 
this thing called time off. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a relic of 2019. Uh, I have a very, fa- I have a very faint memory of this, but we're actually going off next week. So we're going to, we'll hit you up on Instagram with some of our, um, things we want to let you know about leading into father's day weekend. Um, so make sure you follow us at Abby eats St. Louis for that, but, uh, and maybe revisit one of our old episodes next week while we're off and, Re, I don't know, check out Chef Burke or um, City Foundry or Mission Taco or Clementine's. My goodness, we've got plenty of options. Lots of hits. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Special thanks to you guys for listening and for continuing to download and subscribe and leave ratings and reviews. We absolutely love it. And we love to hear from you. Once again, our Instagram is at Abby Eats St. Louis. You can also email us podcast at KSDK.com. We like hearing from you there as well. Again, we will not be in your feed next week, but then we'll be back the week after that. So take plenty of time to seize the plate. <laughs> <laughs>